Good morning, my friends. It is, gosh, it is the last day of August, Monday, August 31, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. We are uh, going to make a bit of a change today in terms of the gospel. We have been, we are in cycle two uh, and have been uh, since we began Advent last year. Um, and primarily, uh, we have been following the gospel of Matthew. I started this podcast back in late March when the pandemic began, and uh, we've been following Matthew this whole time, all the way up to today. And today we're going to jump to the Gospel of Luke. So after we read the Gospel uh, today, it's a marvelous passage. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the writer Luke uh, versus the writer Matthew, and then uh, kind of take a look at what uh, Luke is inviting us to. So let's um, open ourselves to to the gospel today. For those who want to follow along at home, it is Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 30. So Luke 4, 16 to 30. Let's hear the word of God. A reading from the gospel according to Luke. Jesus came to Nazareth where he had grown up and went according to his custom into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him, and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Is this not the son of Joseph? He said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do here in your native place the things we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen, I say to you, No prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was closed for three and a half years and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to the widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built, to hurl him down headlong. But he passed through their midst, through the midst of them, and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A marvelous gospel, and... um, Gosh, right? okay, don't want to start right in there because I want to go right in and start talking about it because there's so much there. But I also want to keep this to a moderate level. 
So let's, let's t- understand and, and learn about the writer of Luke. Matthew, it's easy. We know Matthew was one of the apostles, was one of the 12. Uh, he was the tax collector. He was, uh, in fact, he writes about himself in his own gospel that Matthew was sitting at the table. Jesus came and said, come follow me, and he did. And uh, was one of that inner circle. Not so Luke. Luke is uh, one of the most prolific writers in the New Testament. He, along with Paul, uh, wrote uh, the most words uh, in, in the New Testament. Luke writes not only his gospel, but he also writes Acts of the Apostles. Now, those are only his only two books. But Luke's gospel in terms of of verbiage, in terms of words, in terms of length, is the longest. Now, Matthew has 28 chapters versus Luke's 24. But uh, there's more condensed in Luke than there is in Matthew. And so uh, from that perspective, it is the longest gospel. And uh, and Acts of the Apostles is the longest book in the New Testament. Uh, And so... uh, uh, and a very, very good writer. Who was Luke? Uh, tradition has it he was a physician. Uh, we know this, though. We know Luke was a Gentile, uh, he originally, and uh, was not uh, a Jew uh, originally. And, uh, and so Luke was writing to the Gentiles. Matthew, we know, was writing to the Jewish community, uh, believed to be up in Antioch. And so Matthew uses so many uh, of the, the Hebrew scriptures and shows that Jesus was the fulfillment of them. As I mentioned earlier in my podcast, in Matthew, Jesus was the new Moses. Uh, particularly, we see that in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, that, that, of course, it was on the Mount, Mount Sinai, that Moses brought down the law. And Jesus takes people up on the Mount and says, you have heard it said, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, which, of course, came from the law. Then, and they believe Moses wrote all the law. And, but I say to you, so he takes the law of Moses and, and makes it new and, and constantly is, is referring how Jesus fulfilled the law. Well, a Jewish community such as Matthew was writing to would understand all that. It makes perfect sense. Math, or Luke, excuse me, uh, in contrast to that, Luke is writing to a Gentile community. And, and they wouldn't have understood uh, all those Jewish references that Matthew had. So Luke is the one that has uh, Gentiles being the hero in so many stories. Example, uh, the Good Samaritan. Uh, it was a Gentile who is the, uh, is the hero and, and in that story. And, and Gentiles would have been attracted to that. Uh, Luke's uh, has Jesus reaching out to the fringe, Luke's gospel, more than any other. Uh, more lepers, more foreigners, more uh, Gentiles, more women. Uh, Luke's gospel is reaching out to, to women and befriends women more than, than certainly do Matthew and Mark. Now, I don't know whether that's true in, in John or not, um, but, but most clearly more than the other synoptics. And so, again, part of that is we, we have to know the community to which they're writing. Um, to, that would, they, they frame the stories uh, toward the audience that uh, what they would grasp, and, and that's 
who Luke was writing to was a Gentile audience. Again, a very learned man, Luke was. The only place we see Luke, and he writes about himself, but not in his gospel, he writes about himself in Acts of the Apostles. And Luke was on one of the um, journeys with Paul. Paul takes three journeys uh, through the Mediterranean area where he sets up churches, such as Thessalonica and Ephesus and Corinth and things. And he's later going to write letters to them where we get the first and second letters to the Corinthians, the letter to the Ephesians, Thessalonians, etc. When Paul is going through there and setting up those churches, he had companions. And um, one of those, on one of those occasions, was Luke. And so it's often thought that perhaps Luke's gospel is the gospel of Paul, uh, where he learned much of this. Now, Luke Had we started at chapter 1, verse 1, you would have seen, he said, I did all this studying. He said, you've heard these these stories before. Uh, Most excellent Theophilus, lover of God, he's writing to. Uh, But I undertook to study all of them and interview people so you can be sure that they are true. Um, And uh, and so that's what he did, is he wrote uh, the gospel and then he wrote... Uh, Acts of the Apostles about the early church. Last thing I'll say before we dive into the gospel. What did Luke have as sources? Where did he get his information from? Well, clearly, Mark, uh, the the belief is by theologians, scripture uh, scholars, is Mark's gospel was the first one written probably in the mid-60s to late 60s. So again, 30-ish 35, maybe 40 years after the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus was Mark. About 20 years after that, so maybe around 85 to 90, Matthew and Luke were written uh, in that ballpark. Let's say 80-ish, give or take. So maybe, you know, 10 to 15 years after after Mark. And, uh, And both Matthew and Luke used the Gospel of Mark as their main source, but they also were believed to have used a common source uh, between Mark, or excuse me, between Matthew and Luke that Mark did not have. We call that Q. Has nothing to do with QAnon. Very different. Uh, We just call this the Gospel of Q that Matthew and Luke had because they share some stories in their Gospels that Mark did not have. So they have much of the Gospel of Mark in their, in their Gospels, Matthew and Luke do. They have common stories between Matthew and Luke that Mark did not. We think they came from this Q source. And then we think Luke had a different source. We call that the L book, and Matthew had his own source. We call that the M source, that Matthew had you know different stories than Luke or Mark had. And Luke, such as the prodigal son, uh, wasn't in Matthew's gospel, isn't in Mark's gospel, that he pulled out, or or Good Samaritan, to use that example, also not in there, Emmaus, uh, only in Luke's gospel. Um, All those things that we think Luke had a third source. So he had Mark's gospel as a source, this Q source that he shared with Matthew at some level uh, as a source, and then... um, had uh, this L source that we don't know. And from those, and again, from his studies, wrote the Gospel of Luke. Now, that's as much history as I'll I'll give 
Um, and I hope I didn't bore you with any of that, but uh, just so we know um, who we're talking with. Now, let's talk about why we're starting in Luke chapter 4. Why aren't we starting in Luke 1? Well, the first uh, two chapters of Luke, as opposed to Mark, but the first two chapters of Luke, kind of like Matthew, are the infancy narratives. Um, that wonderful story of, uh, of the Annunciation and the Magnificat, Mary going to visit Elizabeth. That's only in Luke. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. You know, those things. So that's the first two verses. The third, first two chapters, the third chapter, um, Luke does a, uh, uh, it's, it's, gosh, I should have looked at this before I talked to you, uh, before I get, you know, off on my own. But uh, ultimately is the baptism of Jesus. And I don't remember if that's earlier chapter four or in chapter three. Let's say it's earlier chapter four. Well, let's just do a little bit of, you know, production, on-site production meeting as, uh, as I'm doing this. So, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So earlier in chapter four is um, the temptation in the desert. So that means in chapter three, oh yeah, we, we see about John the Baptist and then Jesus is baptized, then there's the genealogy. So that's, that's what is going on here. So the reason we start with chapter four is, okay, the first two chapters are infancy narratives. Then we learn about John the Baptist. Then we have the baptism of Jesus. He goes off in the desert. So really what we're doing now is this is the beginning of Jesus's ministry. And that's very important uh, because he's just coming out of the desert after the temptation, after his baptism. Why is that important? Because it was his baptism that him like he, he understands fully who, who he, well, he, he hears the voice of God say, this is my beloved one, my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And, and he realizes he's set aside for mission and he has to go off into the desert and spend that time there, enough time, 40 days, to understand what does that mission entail? And when he comes back out of the desert, these are the first words he says. So for Luke, Again, this prolific writer, this excellent, intelligent writer, what he says here is Jesus's thesis statement. The rest of Luke's gospel, the rest of Jesus's mission is going to follow out of, okay, I was baptized. I realized I'm the beloved son. I'm set aside for mission. I got to go outside of, of this place. I got to go to a deserted place and understand what this means for me and what I'm called to. And when I understand, I'm going to come back and live it. So he is, he's coming back and he's telling everybody, Luke, the author, and Jesus, the person is telling us what his mission entails. So what does he do? He goes to the synagogue as he was accustomed to do. So brothers and sisters, let's look at that. When people say, I don't need to go to a church. I'm just going to worship God in the wilderness, in, in creation. Of course, God is in creation. But if Jesus was accustomed to worshiping in community, doesn't that tell us something about how we too need to worship in community, that there is something set aside, something that, that invites us to realize that, uh, that when we worship in community, 
we learn from those others around and we also teach those others around and that there is something about that we are made for community and not just ourselves and God out in creation. So it's both and. So Jesus, as was his custom, goes to the Sabbath, opens the, uh, goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath, opens the scroll uh, to the prophet Isaiah, finds this passage where it is written, and it's late, Isaiah. Forgive me, I should have looked at it up. I want to say it's Isaiah 61, but, uh, but don't quote me on that. Where it's written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to captives, recovery of sight to blind, let the oppressed grow free, and proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. That's it, brothers and sisters. In the words of Jesus and in the writing of Luke, Luke is telling us his thesis, this is what Jesus' mission is all about. The rest, again, I said there are 24 chapters in Luke's gospel. The next 20 chapters are all going to be Jesus living out that scripture passage. One, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him because he was anointed. To do what? To bring glad tidings to the poor, to proclaim liberty to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and let the oppressed go free and proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. And that's a jubilee year that all is forgiven. That's what the mission of Jesus was. If people ever ask you, why did Jesus come? Just take them right back to Luke 4. That's it. That's everything he was about. And brothers and sisters, if it was everything Jesus is about, it has to be everything we are about too. Nothing more. This is what salvation looks like. This is what it looks like. It's not magic that, that, that God convinced through the blood of Jesus, or, or Jesus convinced God, excuse me, through his own blood to suddenly love us. That's, that's not what salvation is. Salvation is this, that because he is the beloved one, he is anointed and set aside for mission, and that is to bring glad tidings to the poor, liberty to captives, sight to the blind, let the oppressed grow free. We're not going to chain anyone here and let them know it's an acceptable year, that a year of jubilee, a year of forgiveness, that we get to start over again. That is, that is everything. And if Jesus did it, that is what we are baptized into too. And do you know what happens when we are baptized? We too were anointed. We were anointed for mission. We were anointed for this mission, brothers and sisters. That is what we, that's why the Christian is another Christ. Oh, there's more to talk about how he's about ready to be thrown out of his hometown then. But I've gone on enough today. This is just so good. This is so good. This is why in year cycle two that, that we're looking at this, this is why they started Jesus's, you know, Luke's gospel right here, because this is the beginning of his ministry, where he realizes who he is, what that means, and what that mission looks like. May we be so blessed to remember, brothers and sisters, who we are, um, that we are the beloved, and that we too may know what this mission calls us to, and that it looks like this. Let's pray. 
there's someone or something uh, at this point you would like to pray for during this uh, rosary, invite you to call them to mind or call it to mind at this time. And we are going to be praying the glorious mysteries this week. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The first glorious mystery, Jesus rises from the dead. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Brothers and sisters, thanks for being with me today. I know it was a bit long-winded as we go from Matthew to Luke to uh, do a little background here. Um, hope that was okay. I will promise to keep them shorter the rest of this week. God bless you and bless you this whole entire coming week.